The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore... Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to a very special episode of Garthology. This is Season 2, Episode 4, and is being released on February 7th, 2021, which is Garth's birthday. In honor of his special day, we are going to discuss Garth songs that have inspired each of us personally. In addition, we also asked our listeners to provide stories of how Garth and his music has inspired them. And boy, did you all respond. We are overwhelmed with the amazing stories you have shared with us. Your Garth stories have inspired us, and we can't wait to share them with all of our listeners today. We would like to thank Adam Legler for writing into our website to suggest this wonderful topic. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. In addition to our listeners' inspirational submissions, each of us have picked two Garth songs that inspire us the most, and we will share those as well. So let's kick it off with Pete's first inspirational Garth song. Yep, so I'll go with song number one. And the two songs that I'm going to talk about tonight are the most inspirational songs to me, but not the only reasons I listen and follow Garth. They are two of many very inspirational songs to me. One I know could change sometime down the road, but one never will. My first inspirational song is The Change. And no matter what you do, it's still the same thing, but it's not the world that I am changing. I do this so this world will know that it will not change me. In our world, we unfortunately see a lot of really tragic things, but we also see a lot of great things as well. April 19, 1995, our nation witnessed the Oklahoma City bombing on the Alfred P. Murrah building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I was a few months short of 16 years old, and that honestly is the first memory I have of any type of attack on our nation, foreign or domestic. I remember so much of that on the news, and it was there for the longest time. Fast forward to March of 1996, and Garth will release a song known as The Change. The Change was written by Tony Arada and Wayne Tester. We have spoken high volume about Tony Arada and have mentioned him and the songs he has brought to us through Garth and other artists. It shows you how great of a true songwriter he really is. Almost, if not every episode we record has a song or two written or co-written by Tony. The Change was released as the fourth single off the Fresh Horses album and reached number 19 on the Billboard Hot Country Singles and Tracks chart. The song pays respect to the families and victims of the Oklahoma City bombing, and that is the very first inspirational song I can remember that really touched me as a person. There are a lot of ways people can take the lyrics. For me, the lyrics, and when they say, and I hear them saying, you'll never change the things, and no matter what you do, it's still the same thing. But it's not the world that I am changing. I do this so this world will know that it will not change me. 
Those lyrics are a often reminder to me that I live my life for my wife, my kids, my nieces that I help raise, our happiness and our well-being. And no matter what is going on in our world, I know that if I stick to my beliefs and I work hard, that the world's ever-changing way cannot change me or my path. The music video to this song is very touching to me. It completely makes the lyrics tell the exact story of the song. It gets my emotions in overdrive. It shows that no matter what size, shape, color, religious belief, or profession, when we come against any type of tragedy that we are faced with, we can all come together and get through it. When Garth says that we need to love one another, we really do. And like the song and lyrics and the music video shows, we can. That is why this song is so inspirational to me. It's proof that as long as you believe in what you show and what you do, that no matter what the world's outside pressure is to change that, the world cannot change you. That's my thoughts on my first inspirational song. Jess, what are your thoughts on that song? You know, this is such an inspiring song. It's such a great reminder to stand your ground and never let outside influences drag you down. And I love the line that says it's like trying to stop a fire with the moisture from a kiss. It might be one of my favorite lyrics of all time. It's so powerful and it just gets me every time I hear this song. And it refers to fighting a battle that seems futile, but it's that spirit of relentless trying and an unwillingness to waver in the face of doubt and negativity that's so inspiring to me. And the song is just, it's a message of hope. But like it says, as long as one person out there has hope for the future or for a change or for things to be better in a given situation, then all's not lost. It just takes that one person to hope for better. And honestly, I needed to hear this song again right now. I really did. Prepping for this episode really lifted my spirits and helped me feel better about the world at large. Because just despite the news and social media, it made me remember that there are millions of people out there that are moved by songs like this one with messages of love and kindness and unsinkable empathy. And I just I feel like we picked the right time for this episode. What about you, Deb? Yeah, I agree. I think this was the perfect time for this song. This is exactly what the world needs to hear right now. The video for this song actually devastates me every time I watch it. It's so difficult for me to watch and brings back such vivid memories for me. I was actually admitted to the hospital the day of the federal building bombing, and I went into preterm labor with my first child that day. I was only 26 and a half weeks along, but I started having contractions. But everything turned out okay for us. My daughter's 25 now, and she's wonderful. But to be in the hospital, worried about my own child, and then watching constant news reporting, seeing what happened to those children, it was horrible because it was all that everyone was talking about. And so Garth paying tribute to the first responders and the people that were affected by that bombing, I think it's a real tribute to the resiliency of our country. It was a dark day for us then, and we've had other dark days since then. But Garth's message is, like Jess said, it's one of hope. And it still rings true today when you consider some of our country's recent events. Garth's message is that we will persevere, we will become stronger, and that by saving just one person, we can save ourselves. As long as each of us believe and remember that love and mercy still exist, even if there is hatred in some, If we remember that, then this world can't change the good inside of each of us. And that, to quote Garth, as long as one heart still holds on, then hope is never really gone, just like Jess quoted. 
To me, that's the most important thing we can remember right now, especially. It really gets me. Okay. I was here, you know, I grew up and I was here when that happened. And I just remember the the firefighters carrying the kids out. And that was like, it was on national news, but it was plastered on here forever and ever. And then they were building the monument and it, like, it took so long. But I was in eighth grade and there was a boy in my class whose grand, grandmother or grandfather, I think grandfather was there that day, was okay, but we didn't know it at the time. And so I was like, like, I could talk about that. There are so many memories from that day because it was just, it was crazy. And because for me personally, not only to have something happen in America was shocking and at the age that I was and that nothing had really happened like that, but the, to be here, like it seemed so bizarre that it would be like Oklahoma just seemed so far removed from anything like that to me. Yeah, I can't imagine that. It definitely changes your perspective as a kid that, you know, things can reach reach home when you don't think they can. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine being there when that happened. And now I'd like to read a submission from Adam Legler, who I mentioned at the top of the show suggested today's theme to us. Adam writes, I came to the age of music genre preference in the early 90s when I was in middle school. There were two albums I decided to choose from at the store one day when I had saved up enough money to buy some music. One was a rock band that had a hit song at the time. The other was from a country artist who had just recently won a bunch of awards for what seemed like every category available. I decided to go with a country album. Little did I know that the album No Fences by Garth Brooks would begin a lifelong fandom that I still have to this day. It was the only album I listened to for a long time. Soon I discovered Rope in the Wind and bought The Chase as soon as it was released. Then I saw his television concerts. While I liked his music, seeing his live performances showed me the kind of passion and work ethic Garth had, especially when he sang songs from his albums that I really didn't have a special interest in that all of a sudden I fell in love with because of how he sang them live. But it was more than just being an over-the-top fan that my friends and family know me as today. It inspired me to do my best, whether I was listening to Garth's music on the way to a sporting event I was participating in or a job interview. I have always found comfort and inspiration from this guy out of Yukon, Oklahoma, that I just happened to choose to listen to as a 12-year-old middle school kid. Like many people of the time then, I became a country music fan because of Garth Brooks. I have since been lucky enough to see him live seven times, as well as experience the lows and highs of his retirement, then his return to the country music scene, along with getting a question answered personally by him on his Studio G that he does on Facebook every Monday. And it's amazing how inspired I can get from watching the A&E documentary, The Road I'm On, or one of his 90s concerts, or listening to his live albums. It either takes me right back to that time in the 90s when he was the hottest thing on the planet, or is like I'm listening to it for the first time again. And finally, what's even more amazing is the thousands, if not millions, of other fans who feel exactly the same way. We feel that same way, too. Thank you so much again, Adam. Yeah, Adam, thanks. Thanks, Adam. So that's going to do it for my first inspirational song and a great story from Adam. Jess, I can't wait to hear what's your first song. What do you got for us? I chose as my first song something maybe a little bit different than you would expect, but I chose Bella Wood. joined in until one by one each man became 
a singer of the hymn. Then I thought that I was dreaming, for right there in my sight stood the German soldier. This song was written by Garth and Joe Henry, and I'm not going to get into too much detail about background here because we haven't covered this song yet, but we will when we eventually get to the album Sevens. So for now, I'll just say it was released on November 25th, 1997 on the Sevens album. It was not a single, but it was notably the final track on the album, which as our fellow Garthologists, you know, means the song held a special place in Garth's heart. It's the one he chose to leave his audience thinking about at the close of the album. So that being said, I can definitely see why. I love this song dearly. It's not maybe the traditional inspiration song you'd expect me to choose. There are probably others that would rank higher in other people's opinion, for example, The River. But this song to me, while being a beautiful story song, is also a song that brings such hope for the world. And and we talked about that in the last one. So I think hope and inspiration kind of tie together a lot in, in a lot of his songs. But this one specifically is about a World War I battle occurring at Christmas between American and German soldiers. And on this dark, cold battlefield, a German soldier begins to sing Silent Night. And even though it's in another language, the opposing soldiers can still understand the music and recognize the song as Silent Night. So the soldier whose point of view the story is told from hears his buddy whisper, all is calm and all is bright. And he realizes that they all feel the same in this moment. They're all cold and scared and missing their families on Christmas. And in the middle of this battlefield, there's a sort of understanding that passes through the trenches. And this one brave soldier decides to stand up and sing along with this man who's supposed to be his sworn enemy. Then his courage and willingness to put himself out there inspires others to do the same. And one by one, they stand and sing together, creating this connection and a sort of momentary truce. The American soldier locks eyes with the German soldier, and they have this moment where the German soldier raises his hand and smiles, and they know they're both hoping the other one makes it, and that they both live to see a day when disagreements don't have to be settled by bloodshed and loss of life. I think, sadly, there will always be war and strife, but to me, the idea that two sworn enemies can connect amidst a battle and find that they really fundamentally want and need the same things fills me with such a sense of hope, because Countries and governments and dictators send men into battle, but at the end of the day, it's individuals out there in the line of duty. And I have a little more faith in humanity on an individual level when I listen to this song. It reminds me again that one man's bravery can make a difference and can be an example or an inspiration to another person, and that that can have a ripple effect even in the bleakest of circumstances. Of course, in the song, Christmas passes and the war rages on. But the fact that that brief moment in time existed at all changes that soldier because he realizes that by pushing through his fear, he'd forged an unlikely bond with someone he never would have otherwise. And I felt this huge swell of emotion every time I hear this song, and I'm so inspired by the bravery of soldiers in general for what they give and what they risk, and I'm inspired to be brave and stand when no one else is standing, because that's hard to be the one to risk it all first. I just, I'll never be over this song and the way it makes me feel. What do you guys think about this choice? Yeah, I'm the same way. For me, my whole focus on this song was courage. And so the courage that it took for that soldier to stand up in that trench, it honestly makes the hair on my arms stand up. Like I just get chills when I think about that, someone doing that. And 
when the battle starts again, and quoting the song, the battlefield where heaven stood was blown to hell again, mm-hmm. that line just hurts me to my core. Like I, I struggle sometimes to listen to this. And so when Garth sang it on his CBS show for the Christmas special, um, December of 2020, I just, again, I tear up every time I see him perform this song live. It just breaks my heart. Garth and Joe Henry have written a song that is so heartbreaking and of such significance. The courage of those soldiers, the vivid battles, remembering that each day, all of us, soldiers or not, we can choose to be better to those around us. It's such an inspiration to me. And it's so heartbreaking at the same time that I just crumble. I I like ugly cry at this song. (laughs) Yeah, this song to me, it's such a great song. And I can't agree more with this choice of a a song of of inspiration. If there's ever a song, and I know we talk about a lot, that tells a story with the lyrics, this has got to be one of the best. It just shows that a song can bring people together, like you guys mentioned, and no matter what, in any situation at any time. One set of lyrics in there that I always take and kind of doing the research on it, it reminded me of it towards the end of the song. At the end of the song, Garth sings, but for just one fleeting moment, the answer seems so clear. Heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's just beyond the fear. No, heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's for us to find right here. Those lyrics, it just reminds me that, you know, I know the story of the song, but realistically, if there's something in life that we're looking for, it's never too far away to obtain. It, we just got to make sure that we look in the right spots and you find that uh, connection, like you said, Aunt Deb, around the people that are around you. If we could just, no matter what, you know, we all have the opportunity to get along with everybody. We just have to be able to be willing to see eye to eye and accept that everybody's got an opinion. Whether you agree with it or not, everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. So that's what I got from the song. I love it. I love this. Did you guys know there's actually, there was a Bella Wood battle? I think wasn't it, it it was like actually a World War One and it was was it Christmas Eve though? It wasn't. It was actually fought in June of nineteen eighteen. It was called okay. the Battle of Bella Wood and it occurred from against uh, Americans and fighting the German units. I never knew that until I started looking into this song. Very cool. I, I didn't look a lot into this song. I just listened to it over and over. It's one that when it comes up on the playlist, I just cannot stop listening to it. Yeah. Well, and like I said, we will definitely cover it when we get to sevens. So we'll do some some more research into where the song came from. And Good news is we get to listen to it again then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darn it. We have to listen to it again. Right. Yeah. Now we want to share a story from a gentleman we met on Instagram, and his name is Jim Gegner. Jim was nice enough to share an audio story of how and why Garth inspired him. If you guys are on Instagram, please head over and give him a follow. You can find him at Garth Covers. Please enjoy his story. Hey there, Garthology listeners. My name is Jim Gegner, and I would love to tell you how Garth and his music has inspired my life. When I think about how that is, only one thing immediately comes to mind, and that's my grandma, Jill Morris. Momo. She'll always be Momo to me. I was her first grandchild, and we always used to listen to Garth's first album over and over again. We used to sing If Tomorrow Never Comes on the couch a cappella together just because I loved music so much, and she loved to see how much it made me smile. As I got older, I realized how cool it was that 
she wanted that to be our song because she never wanted me to doubt her love for me. My grandma had a way of loving like very few people on earth do. When it came to getting diamonds and gold necklaces and things like that, it was worthless to her. But a warm embrace, that was priceless. When she passed, I started to think about how I could honor her and kind of keep our relationship alive in a real way. And I decided once a month I would take an acoustic guitar and a folding chair up to her gravesite, and I'd sit down with my guitar and I would sing If Tomorrow Never Comes to Her, just like we always had on the couch. With COVID, it kind of slowed down a little bit, just getting out and everything going on, but I'll definitely pick it back up again because it's a way of keeping us connected in that way. Years and years after If Tomorrow Never Comes came out, Garth released another song that meant the world to me and hit me in a different way and it immediately made me think of her again. Garth put out the Double Live album and he had a song for his mother called It's Your Song. And I know a lot of people think about that as Garth standing on the stage and honoring his mom. But when I heard the lyrics, it just meant something different to me. Standing in the spotlight on a perfect night was standing outside just on a warm evening looking up at the stars, knowing she's out there watching me, listening. I remember when I was afraid she would be there for me and give me the courage that I needed to be inspired or work hard in life. And she found the melody in me that came from her heart. And it brought me to a place where now in life, I love like she has loved. And I'll always be that kind of person. It was her song that gave me wings. I'd like to play a little piece of that for you on acoustic guitar in honor of my grandma tonight. Standing in the spotlight On such a perfect night Knowing that you're out there listening And I remember one time When I was so afraid Didn't think I had the courage To stand up on this stage Then you reached into my heart and you found the melody And if there ever was somebody Who made me believe in me It was you It was you It was your song that made me sing And it was your voice that gave me wings and it was your light that shined Guiding my heart to find This place where I belong It was your song It was your song Thanks to Garthology Podcast for the opportunity to share this with you guys. Tell the people that you love that you love them. Thanks for that story, Jim, and that beautiful song. And on that note, we're going to pass it over to Deb with song number three.
When asked to name an inspirational Garth Brooks song, instantly I thought of Standing Outside the Fire. There's this love that is burning deep in my soul Constantly yearning to get out of control Wanting to fly higher and higher I can't abide standing outside the fire Standing Outside the Fire was written by Jenny Yates and Garth Brooks. The song was on Garth's In Pieces album and released as the third single on December 13, 1993. We haven't discussed this album yet, so we will dig more deeply into this album and the background of this song on a future Garthology episode. The reason this song is such an inspiration to me is because this song truly has had an actual impact on my life. It has inspired me to strive to be more myself. I don't always succeed, but I do try. It has shown me that you have to be willing to get outside of your comfort zone. You have to dance within the flame, no matter how scary it might be. The truest example I have of the inspiration this song has given me is our very podcast. Just six months ago, I never would have imagined that I would ever record my thoughts into a microphone and put it out there for anyone to hear. By doing this, we have jumped right into the fire. And we are those who chance the sorrow and the shame that always comes with getting burned. So here the three of us sit today, recording another episode, willing to put our thoughts out for others to hear and react to, asking for feedback and accepting it, good or bad, and interacting with those we've never met to discuss a man and the people that he works with because we admire them and their talent enough to take the time to do it. Six months ago, I didn't know anything about recording a podcast. Now I understand mic techniques and sound levels and marketing a podcast and structuring themes and am completely self-taught on editing three different audio tracks, adding sound and producing a podcast. All three of us have worked hard and we've taken risks to do this. If that isn't being tough when consumed by desire, then I don't know what is. (laughs) We have taken Garth's word to heart. He has inspired us and given us courage to jump right into the flames. As my favorite line in this song says, there's this love that is burning deep in my soul, constantly yearning to get out of control, wanting to fly higher and higher. I can't abide standing outside the fire. I encourage everyone listening to find that love burning within you and don't stand outside the fire. Do something within the flames, even if it's scary. Pete and Jess, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, my thoughts on Standing Outside the Fire, again, a song that just encourages you to be you or me to be me. Songs like these really hit home for me. When I was a youth, I tried so hard for so long to be something that I wasn't, and I just wanted to be accepted. After a while, I became what I was not, and I almost ruined my entire life. And that's why songs like this have so much meaning behind me, and they mean so much to me, is because you were put here to be who you are, not who you are not. And if you know, you could find a way to, I guess, advertise your true self to others, people are going to accept you. The music video to this song might touch me more emotionally than any other music video ever out there. From the beginning, when the kid signs up for the track and field team, I find myself rooting for him right off the bat. 
I find myself pulling for him while he trains. And there's a sense of pride that I take even in my heart when he starts the race. But when he falls, my heart ends up in my throat. And every time and every single time that he gets up and finishes that race, my eyes start to leak. And I'm not sure if they're tears or I'm allergic to the ending, but I end up with so much pride for that young boy because it just shows that if you really, really put yourself to what you want and you know, there's a goal to achieve, you could do it no matter who you are, what it is. If you work hard enough, you could achieve whatever you want. Just stay within yourself. So yeah, I, I love the song. I love the video. Jess, what are your thoughts? To me, this is a classic inspiration song. This might be probably the most inspiring song right up there with like, We Shall Be Free. And we talked about, we covered that a lot in the last episode. So none of us purposely chose that song. But to me, these are right up there. If you're listing like the top five or 10 Garth inspiration songs, this song's all about taking risks and putting your heart on the line and giving life everything you've got. And like Pete said, this video is amazing. It's one of my favorite videos probably ever. And it definitely makes me tear up at the end. And as an aside, my favorite part of this song when Gar sings it live is when he says, we call them weak. And he like yeah. yells it out differently than he would normally sing it because he just gives it everything. And even, even in that, even in the way he gives the performance, everything he has is inspiring to me. And Barkley Huber writes in and gives us a great example of this in an email he sent to tell us how Garth inspired him. He wrote, I've been a Garth fan since the first album. I've seen him eight times and want to see him many, many more. He's an artist I look up to as he's such an open book with his life and his love for his fans is amazing. He's on my bucket list to meet someday. And I think you're in good company there, Barkley. And like you said, the way Garth is such an open book with his life is so inspiring. So thanks for the email, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Barkley. Thank you so much, Barkley. We really appreciate it. And I agree, Jess, like it hurt me to not talk about We Shall Be Free. <laughs> right, I But know. we did talk about that in the last episode so much that we just couldn't include it here. Yeah. So that wraps it up for Standing Outside the Fire. Let's go over to Pete for song number four. Song number four. And my most inspirational song is The Dance. I'm glad I didn't know The way it all would end The way it all would go Our lives are better left in chance I could have missed the pain But I'd have had the dance we've talked about many times before written and composed by tony arata and recorded by garth brooks it was the 10th and final track off the self-titled debut album it was released as the fourth and final single in april of 1990 it is considered by many to be garth's signature song I know, for one, I'm starting to have somewhat of a man crush on Tony through all of the research we've done. He is a part of almost all of my favorite songs. This song is the absolute most inspirational song to me. As soon as Dave Gant hits the ivory and I hear the intro, my entire mindset goes blank, and I am fully focused on every lyric of every second to this song. I can't even tell you a time I remember listening to the song without getting goosebumps. So we have briefly mentioned my youth and the trouble I was in. To be honest, I'm not sure how I got to where I am today, where I was headed then. From the day I turned on Garth and his music, the song has been a major motivation to me. I may not listen to the lyrics the same 
way as most. I know what the song and the lyrics mean, but I also know what they mean to me. The second verse, and now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end, the way it all would go. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. First and foremost with that verse, I think about my wife and I, where we were when we were teenagers and I was in trouble. She stayed with me every minute of every day to make sure that I knew that she would be there until the end. I had no idea where it would end and the way it would go, but I knew she was going to be there and there was no way I would miss our life, the life we have made in our dance. Well, this is going to get bad. I have never shared this with anybody, so please excuse me if it gets a little more difficult than it has been. Can do it. I lost my grandma Josephine when I was. I lost my grandma Josephine when I was 23 years old. At the time, I was out of trouble and really working hard on making my life for me and my wife. The day she passed, I had a little bit of a meltdown, but I remember hearing the dance that night. From that time forward, every single time I hear the dance, I can see my grandma. Looking down on me and being very proud of the dance I'm dancing, something tells me that she'd be very proud of me. My dance has been a little bit different than some. It's been my life. I could have missed some of the pain, but there's no way in hell I was going to miss this dance. In 1994, Playboy actually did an interview with Garth. And he said, unless I'm totally surprised, the dance will be the greatest success song we will ever do. I'll go to my grave with the dance. It's probably always going to be my favorite song. To Garth, I say, it will always be my favorite song. And thank you for not passing on the dance. Jess, I know we all love this song. What do you have to add? This is one of the most inspirational songs out there, I think. Across the board, not Garth songs, but just in general. And I think people from any genre of music would agree with that. If you took like the top five inspirational songs, probably in current history, it would have to be on that list, if not at the top of the list. This song inspires me to be grateful every day of my life and every day for my life and everything in it, good and bad, because without both sides of that coin of your life, you wouldn't be where you are today. And I specifically wouldn't have the people in my life that are in it today. And I would never choose to change that in a million years. And I think, you know, probably there would have been a moment in your life that would have made you have that realization. But I think hearing the dance for the first time was that realization for so many people to just stop and make you think about like, would I really change things if I could? And I feel like most people wouldn't because there's always people in your lives now or situations that you're now that you wouldn't give up to change anything else that came before. And I think the fact that Garth was able to take those words and put it with music that's so touching and send it out there for millions of people to have that moment of realization was amazing. And I think he's probably right. That will probably always be his biggest, most influential song. And I think what a proud thing to have it, you know, if, at the end of your career and at the end of your life, if you got to say the dance was yours, that's a pretty awesome thing. What about you, Dub? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. To me, this is his most iconic song and it always will be. And like you said, I could live a satisfied life as an artist if this was the one and only song I'd ever put out. Yeah. To me, it would be well worth the life that I spent. 
And I still can't believe that for a while there, this was a song that no artist and no record label would touch. Like, that's just shocking to me. Yeah, that's crazy. I just don't understand that. And to Pete, I just want to say that my mom would be very proud of you. So I think that you're right there. Oh, y'all are killing me. Sorry. That's okay. So I found this quote from Garth, and I think it sums up this song to me. To a lot of people, I guess the dance is a love gone bad song, says Brooks, which you know that it is. But to me, it's always been a song about life or maybe the loss of those people that have given the ultimate sacrifice for a dream that they believed in, like the John F. Kennedys or the Martin Luther Kings, the John Waynes or the Keith Whitleys. And if they could come back, I think they would say to us what the lyrics of the dance say. And that, to me, just sums up this song perfectly. So now I would like to read a tweet story that we received from Jeremy, a.k.a. Fences23 from Planet Garth out of Palm Springs, California. This is something that I've been thinking about recently. Why am I such an avid fan of Garth Brooks? I've been a fan since I was a kid, driving around with my grandma. When the Thunder Rolls came on the radio, she said, oh, listen to this guy. He's going to be a big star. At the time, I was a Randy Travis fan. That was my guy. Still is, actually. But there was something different about Garth from the very beginning. The Thunder. Who put Thunder in their songs? I thought that was so cool. I was about 10. We didn't have TV growing up. I should clarify, we didn't have cable. So I wasn't aware that Garth had released a TV special on NBC. Once again, Grandma to the rescue. She had taped the whole thing, commercials and all, For the first time, I got to see a Garth Brooks concert. It wasn't just the rope jumping or the guitar smashing, because it was all of that. It was. When Garth looked into the camera at you, it was as if he was looking right at you. I felt special every time I rewatched that show, and I watched until the tape broke. True story. I received This Is Garth Brooks 2 the same way, except the beginning of Standing Outside the Fire was cut off, only the very beginning. If you've ever seen it, the entire stage erupts in flames, and Garth literally walks through the flames. When I saw the fire, it cemented right then and there, for me, this dude was the best. Though he didn't smash guitars, he did play the sax, sang the blues, and flew across the damn stadium. The first CD I bought with my own cash was Fresh Horses. I didn't have a car yet and had to wait for my mother to get off, so I sat in this cafe and read the lyrics of the songs, trying to figure out which were fast songs and which were ballads. When I got my car, it became the lunch car. And when Chris Gaines came out, I had black friends tell me they better not become country music fans because of that record. (laughs) They did. Garth fans anyway. Rest in peace, Mikey. When I met my future wife, I introduced her to Garth Brooks' music and to Make You Feel My Love was the song we were married to. As it was impromptu ceremony, the only copy of the song I had was on the double live album, and we forgot to hit repeat, so we were also married to that summer. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) As a kid, we didn't have the means to attend a Garth tour, so I didn't see him live until I was an adult, and he opened the BOK Center in Oklahoma. I alone took a red-eye flight from San Diego, arrived too early at my hotel, and had to sleep in the lobby until the concert. It was amazing, of course. 
More Than a Memory was the single and performed live was off the chain. I sat and cried at unanswered prayers. I had heard the recordings, but to be there, I was in awe of those voices singing so pretty to this song. It was beautiful. I finally got to take my wife to a show during the LA Fire Run and introduced a friend to Garth's shows, and she said it was the best concert she'd ever been to, despite not knowing his music. My kids, now teenagers, got to see him during the stadium tour. I'm telling you, to watch them watch him the way I know I watch him was truly magical. My son, very reserved and quiet, stood with his arms raised almost in praise the whole show and couldn't talk the next day. For me, it was the greatest show. To experience Garth with them is something that even now will bring tears of happiness to my eyes. And then he says, I know, man up. (laughs) But none of this explains why. Why do I obsess over Studio G's? Why do I go out on Black Friday for Blame It All on My Roots? Why do I have 15 copies of Double Live, six copies of No Fences? Why did I have to buy the vinyl first? I didn't realize until recently when I was listening to Sirius XM's Garth A to Z show, where they played all Garth's songs in order, and he spoke about a lot of them. I realized I like him. Not the performer, not the singer, the guy. I like the person Garth Brooks is. I like that when we saw him on my birthday and he saw my sign, he screamed happy birthday in the middle of a song. I'm a 40-year-old dude fangirling over this moment. He could have waved. He could have said nothing. But he didn't. He made my 38th birthday unforgettable. I like the guy. I like his manners. The fact that he was a mama's boy. Of course I like the music the guy makes. The songs are me. Victim of a game, even as a kid, struck a chord with me, as did Wolves. Against the grain on Rope in the Wind is me to a T. Many nights alone on the ship, I played Cold Shoulder. Sevens is my jam all the way through. I didn't have to wonder is a song I try to write every day, and he didn't even write it. When There's No One Around is my depression song. Do What You Gotta Do is my fight song. Why Ain't I Running made me stop looking and see what was right in front of me. Chris Gaines is my writing album. I turn to Garth Brooks like people turn to their friends, to Facebook. If anything happens in my life, Garth is there. When I was 17, I found this site online, Planet Garth. I thought it was the official site. It wasn't. It was people like me professing their love for the man. I didn't post for many years. I just watched and got to know the players. When I did contribute, I found an online family. I call them family, even though I know few names. We are respectful. Yeah, we disagree sometimes, but that site was love. Nothing but love. It's gone now, and I miss my PG family, but that's what the dude fosters. Love. GB is ingrained in my everyday life, has saved my life many times. I've never met the guy, probably never will. If I ever do, I just want to hug him and say thanks. Thanks for being a real dude. Thanks for being a guy we all want to be. Thanks for saving us. Thank you, sir. Sorry. Ah. Yeah, just so he knows, I'm 41 and I fangirl too. (laughs) (laughs) But I could agree. I could agree turning to a lot of Garth's music for, uh, you know, different things that go on in life. I think that's, uh, I think a lot of us do. Yeah, that was an amazing tweet that 
yeah. wrapped up, I think, how a lot of Garth's fans feel for sure. Yeah, he, he did yeah. real well there. Thank you, Jeremy, so much. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, thanks for that. That will wrap it up for the dance and, and Jeremy. Jess, your first song was a great one. What do you have for your second one? Well, once again, I chose something that's maybe a little off center, but I decided to go with Last Night I Had the Strangest Dream. Last night I had the strangest dream I ever dreamed before Cause I dreamed the world had all the green to put an end This song was written in 1950 by Ed McCurdy, and there was also a really folksy-sounding version of this song released by Simon and Garfunkel. It had a lot of banjo and that type of sound, and I wasn't familiar with it before my research, but I did give it a listen to prepare for the podcast. And um, I do know there are several other versions, including one by Joan Baez, but Garth's is the only one that I've that I had listened to. It was the first version that I ever heard and the one that I'm familiar with. So his version was released November 25th of 2005 as part of the Lost Sessions album. And this was another final track. So again, it was the song that Garth chose to end the album with. It's a song about waking up from a dream where the world's at peace and there's no more war. And this song, again, might be considered one of hope more than inspiration per se, but I do find that hope inspiring, if that makes sense. So just hearing an artist that I love so much release a song about hoping and visualizing for a peaceful future inspires me to keep that hope alive too. Things will never be perfect, but how does the saying go? Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. So even if we don't get world peace, which I don't personally believe we ever will, we can still shoot for it and hope that we land somewhere better than we are now. When all the voices join in with him toward the end of the song, it's just this powerful, uplifting moment. And it almost reminded me of like a Christmas hymn, like late at night at church or a really timely anthem. Like if you've ever been at a game where they did a national anthem or just anytime something like that, where everyone's together and everyone's singing and the music swells and it's emotional and touching. Like, that's what the end of that song is like to me. Every time I hear it, when all those voices join together, it's like that moment for me. And I know this is kind of a lesser known Garth song, but were you guys familiar with it or any version of it at all? I wasn't very familiar with it. Garth's is the only version that I knew. I didn't realize that Simon and Garfunkel and Joan Baez had done it. I found that out in looking into it this time. But I think the Lost Sessions kind of got past me. I only listened a couple of times. So I wasn't very familiar with this song until you said you were going to talk about it. And then I listened to it quite a few times. And I love it. It's beautiful. Garth can take any song and he just, he pulls at my heartstrings every time. And I adore him for that. I also curse him for that sometimes <laughs> because sometimes I can't get my emotions under control. But I, I really enjoyed this song. I really like it. And it's a beautiful sentiment. I wish, like you, I think that it would be this country, our world, is hard-pressed to ever imagine a time where there aren't wars. But I like the idea of it. And I appreciate Garth recording this song and putting it again out into the world and asking people to consider that Maybe if we're all just good to each other, then 
the world as a whole can only get better if we do that. Yeah. So, but it's a great song. Yeah. My thoughts on last night, I had the strangest dream run deep. I have had a lot of friends who have served in the military. And to be honest, the Navy was a big part in saving my life. I understand the need for our men and women and our, of our armed forces. I also understand the sacrifice they give for our freedom. I pray that this song could come to actual life one day and we would never have to see war again. How great would it be to know that every country, every nation, every person on earth would be an ally? This is a great song with a lot of history behind it, and I can't agree with you guys more on what you guys said. Jess, thank you for picking the song. It's another good one that I uh, didn't listen to a whole heck of a lot, but I um, I really enjoyed doing the research on it. And, uh, it def- I could see how it's a, a, a good inspirational song. Now I would like to read a couple inspirational stories from some of you Garthologists on our Garthology Facebook post. First from Carolyn Wokash, and if I messed that up, I'm sorry, but she wrote, just to inspire me to be happy for a little while. The second one that came in was from Heidi Wagaman, where she wrote, the thunder rolls and the dance. Garth Brooks fan club, you are my father and my inspiration and connection. We love you to the stars. The third from Jaron Craft Huey wrote, I love how he always gives thanks to God for his gift. I like that he is always grateful to his fans. He seems like he is just an ordinary guy. His music has done so much, whether it be a fun beer drinking song or a ballad. When I am sad or having a tough day, his music brings me out of my funk. Fourth is from Justin Frankie where he wrote about Garth's retirement, regretting that I missed out on concerts before he retired. Then I too finally got to see him after his return to touring, and it was all I ever dreamed of and more. Saw him three times on tour in Oregon and Washington, and then again on the stadium tour in Eugene, Oregon. I lead worship at a church and play the Takamimi GB7C that Garth played for years because Garth was the reason I ever wanted to learn to play. God bless. Thanks for sharing your story, Justin. James Gilbert wrote, Just thinking back tonight to when Garth retired from touring, I've listened to and been obsessed with Garth since I was 10 years old in 1990, but didn't get a chance to see him live during the first go-round. It ate me up for years as I turned into a young adult and still dwelled on the fact I'd never saw Garth live, but was so grateful that he had promised his fans that he would be back. He said, I promise you, if you'll wait for me, I'll be back. I took those words to heart, and when I finally got to see him in Pittsburgh in early 2015, and then again in my home state of West Virginia in the late 2016, my dreams came true. Thank you, Garth, for being so good to your fans. You're loyal to us, and you take care of us as no other artist can. Garth could charge $100 plus for nosebleed tickets, but yet he keeps everything from tickets to merch very affordable for us. Thanks, Garth. You're the best. Sorry for rambling, you all. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thanks for all those messages, guys. We're going to move on to the final song of the episode. So here's Deb with song number six. And my second and last inspirational Garth song is People Loving People. The only answer to the problem is people loving people. That's the enemy of everything is see. It's just people loving people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
People Loving People was released on September 3rd, 2014, and was Garth's first single from his 11th studio album, Man Against Machine. It was written by Michael James Ryan Busby, known professionally as Busby, Lee Thomas Miller, and Chris Wallen. This was Garth's comeback single after retiring from music in 2000 to raise his daughters. For me, this song is inspirational because, again, Garth points out that the solution to many of the world's problems is right in our own hands. A community can bring peace to its own members by remembering that we're all in this together. The solution is so simple. It's just people loving people. That's the enemy of everything that's evil. Just imagine a world today where we are all accepted. We all accept each other's differences. We embrace them. We don't fear the other. And we just love each other. If you look across Garth's most inspirational songs, he is reminding us all that love conquers all. That accepting each other and embracing our differences will enable us to live as a community built around and for each other. That's all we have to do. It's just that simple. What did you guys think of this song? My thoughts on people loving people are very simple. It shows that the true remedy for success in our world starts with you and me. If we find a way to love one another, no matter what the color of our skin is, the religious belief we believe in, the size of our clothes, the interest in our favorite hobby, no matter the difference, if we just love one another, we would live in a hate-free world. We've seen recently a lot of hate in our world become so obvious. And being at home, you know, with COVID and not being able to get out, you know, you're stuck in front of the TV and news, social media, whatever it might be. You know, I play golf with some guys who have different, you know, one of them is for the Democratic Party and the other one's for the Republican Party. And it seems like every week that we play, they have a debate. And although they're able to debate it and get through it, when we bring friends in, sometimes it starts to get out of control. And I think it's because people have so much time to just sit and see what's on the news today. And, you know, with COVID, there's two things that I'm really sick and tired of. I'm tired of the unknown of this virus and the argumentative attitude it brings out in a lot of people in our world. People ask me all the time what I want when this is all over. My answer is always, I don't want to wait any further. I want to learn from what we've been through. And I simply just want people to learn to love one another again. Because I think, like you said, Deb, if we could all just learn to agree and love, a lot of the world's problems could be solved just so simply. But, you know, it, it's out there. We've done it before. I, I really believe that we could do it again. I, I love that song. Love it. Jess, what are your thoughts? I love this song as well. I never connected with it like I did with, say, We Shall Be Free. And I'm not sure why that is because it's catchy and it's a great message, but sometimes there's just no accounting for what grabs you or doesn't. But that being said, I can absolutely sing along with this song word for word, and I absolutely love what it has to say. It's a similar message to the change. You know, the song, there's a line in it that says, one can't make a difference, but the song argues that it's the individual, the people loving people that will change the world. And I love that. Musically, there's a part in it that I love, and it's the whoa that reminds me of the chorus of a song by Winona Judd called You Can't Go Home Again, which is a very sentimental song about home and childhood. 
and the inability to ever really get back to those moments. So every time it gets to that part of the song, I get a little pang of emotion. And I think it's due in part to that connection. But overall, the music in this song's up tempo and fast paced, and it moves the song along really well. I just love that throughout his career, Garth has continued to put these types of positive, inspiring songs on his albums. He makes room for substance instead of just cramming the album full of moneymakers. And not only do I love that, but I respect that. It's not to say that a song can't be sociologically substantial and a moneymaker, but I appreciate that that doesn't appear to be why he chooses a song or not. And I don't think that that can be said for everybody. So I like that the message is more important to him than the money. But I I love this song. And I feel like if everyone listened to this song and made it their anthem, this world would be a lot better place. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. So we have one more inspirational story sent in by a listener that I'd like to share with you all. Devin Richwine sent us this great email, and I'm just going to read it to you guys really fast. He says, my name is Devin Richwine, and I'm from Portland, Oregon, and here's my Garth story. When I was four months old, we were on our way to Kansas to see family, and as we were leaving Corvallis, Oregon, we had breakfast at McDonald's, and for some reason, my dad got the No Fences album with his sandwich on cassette. So one day we're driving, and I got really fussy, and my mom popped the cassette in, and as I first heard Garth's voice, I stopped and was dancing in my car seat, but as soon as the cassette was over, I would get fussy again. My parents played that cassette so many times to the point we ruined the cassette. So once it was ruined, I was fussy the rest of the trip. I started getting CDs when I was six months old because that was the only thing that kept me happy. I got my first Garth t-shirt when I was two and started collecting merchandise. I also have severe autism and bipolar, and Garth is not only a motivator for me, but he taught me how to live my life. I have been to two Garth concerts, Portland and Tacoma, best two days of my life. I really hope to meet him someday, hopefully this summer. My ultimate dream is to meet Garth with my best friend Cody in Seattle. Cody's birthday is July 24th, which falls on a Saturday this year. Devin. Well, Devin, thank you so much for sharing that with us, and I certainly hope you and Cody get to meet Garth someday soon. That would be great. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know would be even better? We all did it together. We could take Devin right. and his buddy. <laughs> we could all do it. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, well... That wraps up this episode of Garthology, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope that these stories have touched you as they have obviously touched us. And just remember what Garth has taught us. If we all love each other, this world will be a better place. And now let's go into breaking news. Breaking news. It was recently announced that Garth Brooks is one of the Lifetime Artistic Achievement Award honorees at the Kennedy Center Honors this year, which is super cool. After being canceled in 2020 because of COVID, the Kennedy Center Honors announced that they would again hold festivities in 2021, although this time it won't be one big splashy event the way the years past have been. The 43rd Honors Gala will be modified to meet safety protocols with a series of smaller events for reduced audiences to take place over the course of a week beginning May 17th. The other honorees include choreographer and actress Debbie Allen, singer-songwriter and activist Joan Baez, who we mentioned earlier, violinist Midori, and legendary actor Dick Van Dyke. That's quite a crowd to be recognized among. Yeah, that's pretty cool. For sure. 
So let's go over to Pete for shout outs. Shout outs. Yes, this week's shout out goes to Gary Brown. Mr. Brown, this past week, you visited our Facebook page and let us know how happy you were that you found the Garthology podcast and how well we were doing. You didn't just do it once, you did it twice. We love that we are helping you learn about Trisha as well, and we cannot wait for you to rewatch JAG and let us know your thoughts on the six episodes Trisha was in. Sir, we appreciate the support and the interaction. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary, so much. You're awesome. Thank you. Be sure to visit our website at Garthology.com and leave a comment on our blog page or submit a show idea. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of each page. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review us on your podcast platform of choice. And be sure and share us with your friends in low places. Yeah, and speaking of friends in low places, our social media accounts, which have been super active the last couple of weeks with all of you guys writing in, it's been really fun to read what you guys have wrote. So if you guys can continue to do that, that would be great. If you're looking for us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram and Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast. While you guys are there, if you could like, share, tweet, retweet, share our post in your story. We love the interaction. It really helps us. And we appreciate you guys taking the time to do so. Thanks, guys. Next time on Garthology, we're going to be focusing on a story that's near and dear to us. For any of you Garthologists who've been listening since the very beginning, you might remember way back in the first episode, us mentioning that Pete has a very cool story about how Garth became such a huge influence in his life and how someday we'd be sharing that story with all of you. Well, friends, the day has arrived. So for any of you who feel like Garth has impacted your life in a very real and profound way, this is your episode. And you might find a kindred spirit in our buddy Pete. We're really looking forward to this episode, and we hope you are too. So please tune in on February 17th for Season 2, Episode 5. Until then, this has been Season 2, Episode 4 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. I got a new desk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on a crafting table anymore. I love that he got a new Mac and he's like, I got a new desk. (laughs) (laughs) I can put it on the hood of my car. I'd be more excited about the computer.